Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 403 of She Podcasts. I am your co-host, Jessica Kupferman, and with me, as always, the... I can't... I'm I'm off my game today. My illustrious... I like using that sure. word. Illustrious is good. Glowing co-host, Elsie Escobar. Yes. Our vibe today is clearly downtrodden <laughs> for whatever reason. I, you know, I, mind you, it is still summer. It is 90 degrees is. outside, y'all. It's 90 it degrees, is. muggy, not too sunny. It's like super cloudy out here. Pretty terrible. And I'm wearing fuzzy socks and a sweat. Like I have sweatpants on and a sweatshirt on. And I was like, and my hands are a little bit cold right now. I'm not too hot. And I took off the sweatshirt and I was going to not wear it. And then when I turned, took it off, I felt not okay. I, I was like, I want to put my sweatshirt back on. Oh. I feel warm and cozy and protected, I guess. I think that's why people wear sweatshirts sometimes because it's like, it's like you're getting a, a constant little hug. And I think I need that right now. So, oh, yeah. So I'm just wearing a sweatshirt. You should build a hugging machine <laughs> like Temple Grandin. You know what I mean? I don't want somebody to hold me and I can't move. Like, I don't want that kind of a hug. I just feel like I just want to be like, feel like cozy and safe. I mean, tomato, tomato, but I understand. Have you seen there's this actually is a thing and uh, um, and it's very like hip on TikTok. Mind you, the only reason I know this is because the ads on Instagram say this is hip on, on TikTok. I don't know whether or not mm -hmm. that's true or not. But there is a sweatshirt that basically sells it, sells itself. I don't even know what company it's from. But their, their messaging is around that it is a anxiety-reducing sweatshirt. And it's supposedly also weighted, kind of like the blankets, supposedly. Yeah, you don't even have to get a whole blanket. You can just get like a weighted like shoulder pads kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. I know what so you there's mean. that. So supposedly, but it's not weighted in the sense that it's like, whoa, it, this is like a serious weight. I think that the weightedness of this sweatshirt is the fact that the material is of a thicker nature. I'm assuming the, you know, the actual sweatshirt. So it's a little bit thicker because of that. And I cannot tell you how appealing that messaging is for me. Although the more research I did, the more I realized this is a sweatshirt. <laughs> There's no specialness about it. There's no you just like, like it because it says call her daddy. No, no, not the one that. I, well, the one that I'm wearing right now is a call her daddy sweatshirt. It's her merch. But what I'm saying, the other one that I saw on Instagram that was a weighted whatever's. I oh, really wanted that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like the one that this is not that sweatshirt. This is just a sweatshirt. It's merch. But the so one that are I, you saying such a thing existed or that you thought it existed, but it in fact does not? I don't know if it actually exists. I didn't want to invest in this sweatshirt that claimed to be a anxiety reducing weighted sweatshirt mm -hmm. that I th that what I said is I, that's the messaging. And I think it's working. For people to buy it because people are craving that cozy, like anxiety, like warm and like I feel safe vibe. And when the more I research I did about not necessarily the company, but the product itself. And I was looking at what it was made from. And I was like, I was like, it's just a sweatshirt. Like there was nothing in it that was, oh, that's the specialness. That's right. The X factor. So it's just the way that they're marketing their clothing, which I think mm -hmm. is a good angle. 
but it doesn't make the product special, if you will. I have a confession to make. Oh, no. I don't really like wearing sweatshirts, and I don't own that many. Not pullover ones, like what you have on. I'm not surprised. I will wear hoodie that zip. You're not surprised? No, not at all. Why? Because you hate being hot. But even as a kid, it felt, they felt very, like they were choking me. Like a sweater has some give kind of, you know, and I'm like showing my bra or whatever. But you know, like, um, you know, sweaters have give, but like, I don't like the stiff, the stiffer the sweatshirt, the more I hate it. And there was like a time when champion sweatshirts were like all the rage. And I mean, it was like wearing movable cardboard. I hated it. Like, I agree with you. I I do not like the stiff kind. I love the soft kind. This is pretty soft and squishy and it's kind of light. It's got a, Mm -hmm. it's made out of really light material. So it's not as dense as some of those heavier sweatshirts. And I am partial to a well-designed sweatshirt. And I am also very much partial to what you're talking. Like there's been a couple, I have like a a zippity new ones are good. I, um, I have a hoodie that you, you know, the one that you pull over your head without the zipper that I bought that is, I think it's a She Podcast one. And I really love it. It's gray. It yeah. says She Podcast on it. I yeah. love the color, but I, you know why I don't ever wear it? Because every time I put it over my head, it's so tight. It's like, and then it's very tight around my neck. And that balance between having it be a properly fitting, cozy one and having the neck be open and have the hood fit properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hood fit, y'all. A hood (laughs) fit is everything. Because if you put the hood on and it pulls you down, have you ever put that that, where you're like feeling like Yeah, or pulls your neck or it's like. And your neck and you feel like your whole entire like neck is getting squished because the hoodie doesn't have enough material behind yeah that's my my pet peeve like uh, for sweatshirts and if you can have a sweatshirt that's like so comfy and you don't even know you have the hood on it and it's spacious it's everything so rare but yes it's everything yes i don't know how we got into this but it's just because my hands are freezing my i don't know what's going on with my body temperature at this moment but um, i have two fans going on me right now it also looks like the air quality is pitiful in here Oh no. Which I don't know if that is because of the outside, but it doesn't look it does look kind of hazy out. And also I have a new one which I can't show you, but it's like it's supposed to be like a portable air conditioner. It's like this big and you freeze the filter and then water blows out of it and it's supposed to be it's pretty cold, I have to say. There's like steam coming out of it, like cold steam. What's that called? Frost. <laughs> it's like what's inside is is that what's inside the refrigerator, like the freezer? Is that like you don't open the freezer? It's like, psh, is that what it is? Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. But it like sits next to me. You can change the light. So I wonder if I can show you. Hold on, let's see. See it? Oh, look at how there pretty! That's so cute. You can change the light color. The little baby. Yeah. And it's electric. I like the purple. I'm assuming you it's plug electric. it in. It's electric. Yeah, it's plugged in. Yep. Nice. It is plugged in. We have some kind of controversial things to talk about today, believe it or not. Um, Why don't we do podcast movement first? Okay. Just get it out of the way. That's not the controversial part. But um, (laughs) Elsie and I will both be in Denver at podcast movement. And you may actually get a glimpse of my husband and the schmoo who will be there. My my schnoodle will be there. Isaac Isaac Edward Kupferman will be there. 
And you'll know because he can't stop touching anything or talking. He can't stop doing either of those things. So if you see a round-faced child doing that, it is mine. So we will be in Denver. I'm speaking on Thursday in a session with some of my favoritest people, Anna, Anna Deshawn, Angel Levas, Rita Batista, Wendy Brandt, Tiffany and Tiffany Kane put it together. It's a panel called The Power of Building Diverse Communities. I'm so excited because we did a very similar, without Anna, we did a very similar panel at PodFest and it was really good. It was fascinating. In fact, it was during their lunch and learn. So I actually had to stand up and tell people to stop talking so we could finish our conversation. Oh my God. But then oh people God. applauded. Anyway. Um, yeah, missed. Thank you. Missed. It's a mist from the air conditioner. Thank you, Patrick. Anyway. So I will be coming in on that Monday and I will be leaving that Friday. And then Elsie, you'll be there with um, Lipson. Lipson, right? I will be there uh, with Lipson. Correct. Elsie will and be I- there under lock and key at the booth. She can't go anywhere. And it's in broad daylight in a large public space. Rare for her, but she'll be there. I am also speaking. I'm speaking on Tuesday oh. at 12 from at 12 p.m. Uh, and it is I'm speaking on getting hired in podcasting for marginalized genders. Ooh. So Ooh, um, even better. And it's my own it's the very first time that I've done a solo presentation since, Ever? Okay. no, since, do you remember the last time that I did a solo presentation, Jessica, you were in the room and it was the new media expo last year, like the last year of the new media expo in Las Vegas. Remember when I made everybody get up and stretch? Yes. That was the last they were like, solo oh, presentation shit. that I've done. No, Dude. we've done we've done together. Though. No, well, sort of, Jessica. But it's not solo. I get exactly. it. I get it. I get it. Exactly. I get it. My last it's not solo, solo presentation. So we have done together, and from then on, I did all kinds of panels because panels I felt were less stressful in some way. Like I, I kind of was like, I don't want to do my own thing, all this stuff. And I also wanted to be very exclusive about things. I wanted to get as many people to be a speaker as I could. So I facilitated a lot of first timers whenever I was doing a panel. I was always very specific about how to do it. And this year I was just like being the panel moderator and the one that leads the whole thing. It's so much work to be wrangling people, making sure they show up, making sure that you're planning the whole thing, making sure that they yeah. like everybody's together, they know where to go, like it's so much. And then making sure that the the panel itself is diverse and it has the right mix of people that can speak to all the I've di- never done it. I've it's, never done it. I've only been I, a guest. I think I love I really love doing that because I, you can cure, curate a fantastic experience, but the better you are at it, the more work it involves because you have to really work that hard to make it good. And I didn't want to do that <laughs> anymore. I was like, no, I've I'm actually done. in recent years preferred both attending and participating in panels. I find them to be much more interesting because it's not scripted and there's rarely slides. So I can just look at the people talking, watch their reaction. That's much more interesting to me than, uh, I mean, not that, not that presentations aren't bore, are boring. It's just that for me, I enjoy the banter more lately. Being on them is much easier as well because 
yeah, you have to curate, you know, someone is curating the experience and, and readying the conversation, but there's really no prep from a, an expert, right? Oh, I make you prep. Yeah, but I wouldn't do it, though, is the thing. Yeah, but no. you, I would say, like, just, like, I would actually say, I'm going to start the conversation off with, uh, I'm going to send this this question off to this person. You, Jess, you're going to talk about this. Like, I'm going to ask the question here. Da, 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 da. We're going to, here, we're going to do the Q&A. Like, so everybody has a time frame. And I'd be like, everybody has X amount of time to talk. We have five panelists. We have 30 minutes, 25 minutes. So you get two, three minutes tops. Like, I have to break it down to make sure that you know how long it, that the presentation is going to be. Because once you start to do it with all the people, time goes by like that. And all of a sudden you have to be on stage. But- and who, what if, nope. And everybody needs to meet as a panel moderator. Everybody needs to have equal amount speaking. And I want everybody to be able to have enough time to speak and have everybody participate. There's nothing worse than sitting on a panel and having one or two people talk the whole time. Because then you have like two other people who are just sitting there going, well, it's really more annoying because you've flown out there for nothing, if that does happen to you, that you've like d- done all the work of showing up there to speak right. and then you don't say a word. That is very irritating. But as a moderator, it's your job to moderate that. Like, and it's mm. also your job. There's some people who are, doesn't matter what you ask them, you give them the microphone, they'll fill it. And then there's people who have a harder time doing that. It takes time for them to, you know, there's first timers. Mm-hmm. that are kind of uncomfortable. There's people who have, have feel a little bit more shy and have a lot more nervousness. So as a panel moderator, you have to step up and make them feel safe and have them shine. So my key as a panel moderator is to make sure those people that are on stage, every single person is shining. And every person needs to have like that moment where they go, oh my God, that person is amazing. And so it's up to me to be able to to shine the light on all of them appropriately because they deserve it versus, okay, everybody, what do you think about podcast advertising? Anybody? Anybody? I hate that. I'll tell you what. One thing I've known about you since the very first day I ever spoke to you is that you are either going to do whatever it is you're doing 100% right or not at all. This is and that is what you just described is a perfect example of that. You will not moderate a panel unless you have scientifically calculated the exact <laughs> amount of minutes that each person gets to talk and, and to talk to them. And you've considered who's shy, who's not shy, who can carry the convo, who needs to be, you know, goaded a little bit, who needs to be brought out of their shell. That is how she does everything, you guys. But I mean, it's, it's so admirable, I think. I had meetings with my panelists, one, like at least 20 minute meetings with every panelist and talk to them. And then, oh my God, well, now you're just getting crazy. And then like whatever they said, I would craft the questions to their brilliance. So we would Mm -hmm. talk about the overall topic and then, and I would just ask them questions and then they would have real clear point of views. And I was like, that's the question I'm going to ask. So I, I will mm, possess, smart. I will make the question based on an answer that I know they're really comfortable and really educated on. Because again, mm. you got to make these people like, again, because the panels that I want to moderate are generally introducing an audience to 
experts that often don't get an opportunity to get behind the microphone and show how brilliant they are. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's the same conversations over and over again. So I want them to get that info to do, to show people how amazing they are. And that's, that's what I feel a moderator is for these conversations. Yeah. She doesn't do anything unless it's a hundred percent the right way, which I love. So yeah, so we'll both be in Denver. Also, if you need any convincing that this is the podcast movement to go to of all the podcast movements you've thought about, I have two words for you. Lazy River. You said that last time at PodFest, and I don't think you even got in it. I mean, wait. I don't you, remember you that there was arm. a Lazy River. Yes, there was no. a Lazy River. Dude, you, we walked That's how around. I hurt my, that, you're right. That is how you I hurt, hurt my knee. Yeah, you heard in the, the in the lazy river. I re-injured it at Podfest. Okay, everybody, let's say this again. Let's just talk about this again. Jessica re-injured a knee in a lazy river. That is ironic, especially because you're floating. Yes, but it's not a casual. It's not always a casual current. Okay. Sometimes it's like it really moves you around. So in this particular case, I was barreling towards the side of the water, the pool, and I stuck my foot out to just sort of bounce myself back off. Okay. And instead, I bend it, it bent backwards again. I, I understand it. the precariousness. I know, but-, but I mean, you know, you make it sound like only I could injure myself being lazy. And on some level, that's true. <laughs> it's just a, it is yeah. something that I mean, would only happen like to me. There's just a lot of very ironic things about it yeah because it's not that you're being lazy it's that you're supposed to be floating in relax floating in water I know. and it's like how do you like what how I know. but i get the no, it's just it, bad yeah. luck it's so true. anyway there has been a, a lazy river in the past and thus jess has shared with me the power of the lazy river lazy river now there's another one this one is a mountain view, heated pool. I mean, yes, there's water slides. There's all kinds of stuff at the Gaylord. But you can get in the lazy river and just float. My son and I, last time we were there, was for the National Speakers Association. This is not the baby. This is not Isaac. No, it was Nate. It, it was, was Nate. hours okay, yeah. and hours okay. of lazy river, just floating and then not floating and then this floating. This is always so good. great. We love that. In fact, if you don't see me in the event, that's a safe place to look for me is the lazy river. Yeah. It's just so fun. Lazy river, you guys, mountain scenery, lazy river. I have to come a day ahead just so that I can acclimate to breathing there. This is true. So I'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I speak Thursday and I did that on purpose because Denver, I haven't been to Denver since 2018. I've had COVID once and something mysteriously seeming like COVID once. A couple, you know, a couple weeks ago. So I have no idea what my breathing is going to be like. So I'm a little nervous about it, but whatever. I'll make do. Yeah. I'm excited, though. It's a beautiful hotel. I'm really excited. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. I haven't been into Denver-ish area since 2019. Oh, yeah? I think we were there for like four days. When we drove cross-country, we stopped over at Denver. And then we came back and we stopped back in Colorado on our way back, too. And then we did go even higher up in the mountains. We, we had a night. I can't remember what little town we had a night in the mountains there. And my kid, like Hunter, had a very hard time there, like really hard time where once we were there, she got 
she got sick. She got air. What is it? Oh, yeah. The air sickness. Yeah. The air sickness. So then we I had to like she was nauseated. She ended up be, having to be in the tub like she was about to pass out. Like so she ended up being in just a tub and water calming down. I was hydrating her the whole time. So she did not have a good time. Oh, no. Yeah. It is. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard to walk there She got altitude sickness for sure. That's Big it. Time. That's it. Altitude sickness. Yeah. That's the one. Sure. Um, Cheryl says lots of water. She gets altitude sickness too. I've never had that. I just know that it was like, my experience was that for a little while it was like walking through quicksand, like walking through it though. Like you just cannot propel yeah. yourself to move forward. It's difficult. Um, yeah. But it's worth it for the scenery, I think, there. Just seeing the Rocky Mountains from your room or whatever is oh, delightful. Yeah. I mean, that is all such good stuff. I cannot yeah. even with all of that yeah. goodness. I mean, it's like, what? Yeah. So come see us at Podcast Movement. Also, I'm doing a pretty big announcement right around that time. So you may want to watch for that. That's We're going to have a big announcement around the end of August. So there we go. All right, on to the next thing. Let's talk about the YouTube thing. So um, the other day I went to upload some videos into our YouTube channel. I wanted to see if I could get them transcribed by Cast Magic, which is a new AI tool. And Cast Magic will only allow you to import from YouTube or another. I think you can actually do an RSS feed. It's either YouTube or you have to upload the file itself, which, you know, an hour long video file can be kind of big. So it takes up yeah. a lot of room in your, you know, what's it called? The library of whatever, however big you're allowed to have a library in Cast Magic. So I was thinking about putting all of the recordings from the event in YouTube and making a playlist, but that you'd have to pay for or only access, you know, with private. Anyway, to make a long story short, it now has a section, it has a section for videos and a section for podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so I just clicked on it to see what it was all about. And I noticed that there's no way to import an RSS feed, which means Correct. the podcasts that they're referring to are still just videos. Correct. They're just, it's like another playlist, but that you call it a podcast. Correct. I wanted to talk about this today with you, Elsie, because I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean... There have been times when we've been like, you can't say download my podcast and have it be like a freebie because podcasts are only an RSS feed and it's being syndicated on some kind of, you know, RSS feed and it should be in audio form and blah, 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 blah. We had all these really, in fact, if you go back to our, through our show, you can hear us talking about what exactly is a podcast and it, and actually for podcasting school for women, we had a whole chapter that Elsie wrote herself on mm -hmm. what is a podcast, what it is and what it is not. And so how do you feel about YouTube just labeling a section of videos a podcast? Ready? Go. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, if you listen to the feed, you know that I've been covering this on the feed for like since the inception of video podcasting. We've, What's your and point? What's your point? As the, the you know, director of content for Libsyn, one of the biggest directives that I had for our team was we need to have a comprehensive 
library of everything that is related to video podcasting because this is something that everybody's reaching for. So thankfully, I actually just put a link in the show notes there. Sarah was fundamental in getting this page together for Libsyn, which adds everything that we have done in Libsyn as to now, as to how to explain everything that is related to video podcasting, why it matters to you with all kinds of the video components that we have on YouTube that are breaking this stuff down now so that you learn as much as possible about all these things, right? Because there is a lot that has changed in this space. It's not the way that it used to be because there are some people who are coming in with what we call video first podcasting, which is something that Ecamm, it's the first time that I ever uh, heard it, Ecamm Live, their podcast is called The Flow and their entire podcast about podcasting is aimed at teaching people to do video podcasting video first. That's their obviously behooves them because they have a platform that records video. Yeah, behooves them, yeah. Yeah, but what's really wonderful is what they do on their channel. Just this is a fantastic strategy, and it's kind of what we're doing here in some way. They are really tactical about they live stream their podcast recording in the same way that we're doing right now, right? So they live stream Mm -hmm. in YouTube, their podcast recording, they do the whole thing that we do, the countdown, the blue, the, the, you know, the pauses, the figuring things out. They have a community there that enjoys it, all that stuff, right? And Mm -hmm. then they do the post-production, of course, they'll rip the audio off of that. They'll edit that puppy up and they'll put it out as an audio podcast in all the places. But here's the part that they do that we don't is that after they record their show that live stream like this stream that you guys some of you guys are here watching us what they do is they edit down the live stream to be only the podcast in the same way that the audio is edited down so that you don't get the countdown the chit chat the random goofs the when somebody has to leave like all of the things that john takes out of our show to create the best show possible as an audio podcast that's the same editing that goes into the video portion and they have a different playlist that has that so they have the live the flow where you can watch them that's just long and then they have another playlist that is their video podcast that is the flow that's like You watch it and it's start to finish, on point, edited, no mistakes, boom. And it's so good. And so they have both of them. Now, I love that because they get all of this content with just doing the live recording, which is what video first is like. You get the video first, you get great audio, and you do the thing. Right now, YouTube is not delineating between that type of a thing because their show is really a pot. it really goes into the podcast versus right. just having a video on YouTube versus doing audiograms, which is what we have for Libsyn as well. We have a playlist on Libsyn. I think that, I don't know if you've seen that, but the, the, the feed is Would on Libsyn. Do you consider those just shorts? Are your audiograms shorts? No, we have like, I'll show you. We have an entire, I'm going to share it with you guys. And then you can click through just if you want to see. I just want to know if there's anyone listening right now, live, I guess, that feels strongly that this should be defined as one thing or another. 
because I see there's a couple of you there, and I just want to know, just put in the ch- in the comments somewhere, like, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of it, or who cares what it's called? A show is a show. I want you to look at that playlist there, Jess, because that is basically the feed on YouTube, and it's all audiograms. Like, there's nothing else other than that. It's just a playlist with all of the descriptions. It has amended show notes in there for every episode how to follow the show, what the timestamps are so that you can like scroll down to what all of those are. And I just in the last episode on episode two, I think the one that I just share here, that's the top the two episode 247. I broke down how our stats are doing because for just that show on YouTube and how it's doing as an audio gram. And it's one of the key learnings that I found is that the amount of audience that we're getting for that show is happening from Google search. So Mm -hmm. the benefit of putting the show up there and optimizing everything is coming from Google search, not necessarily from people who are wanting to consume this content from YouTube. So the Google search component is cannot be denied. It cannot be denied. And the more stuff that you optimize up there is the thing that's going to be coming up there. Now, in terms of the terms, I am not willing anymore to die on the hill of correcting people that a podcast is an audio file that is delivered to you via RSS feed and that you can subscribe to it via Apple Podcasts. I'm not willing to die on that hill because we've already lost this fight. Yeah, I hear you. This is from Karen. YouTube's owned by Google. When they make a change, I listen. Although I haven't be, done anything yet, I need to be, we need to be open to the revolution. I no, like evolution, to the revolution, but to I the like evolution. I like revolution. Okay, yeah, and then yeah. Patrick says, I don't care what it's called, but he's unsettled. Quickly changing nature of adding video expectations for podcasting makes me nervous. Right, because that, the whole point of starting it was having it be low maintenance activity. Exactly. Especially... Because you don't have to deal with makeup, hair, lighting, outfit. Correct. You know, you can just show up yep. in whatever and do your show. And and in some ways, you still could. You could just figure out a way to, I don't know, maybe put some calm river scenes over your... It doesn't have to be you, right? It could be anything. I mean, I just shared what to do. You just, you literally just connect the lips and like you could do that with what most podcast hosting platforms now do that. Just do it. Get a nice thing you know like a nice yeah. thumbnail i don't agree with that posted to a channel it absolutely goes in there the thing is this though jess thumbnail. you can't just do it share it and then forget it like you have to share it and then i've been promoting the crap out of the feed being on youtube i'm constantly going like hey our latest episode is on youtube look here's the link i share it on instagram stories i give time mm-hmm. codes for people like hey we talked about this specific thing on episode whatever go to the time code and I share the time code. People are finding it because of that. You cannot Mm. expect just to sit there and have it go and then for it to be a thing. I work to make sure people know that we're there and I'm sharing Mm. it and I'm giving an option now when people subscribe or want to listen to the show. You can listen to us on YouTube. You can see our time codes. You can skim through. You can listen to the spot that you want. You want to listen to stats? Here's the time code. Go for it, right? I'm not there to expect full-on people consuming the content all the way through that's not right. something i'm you're trying doing. to help them hunt and pack yes 
when I see that, I envision myself having to make video first, which means having to... Like, the whole reason I stopped... I started out doing a video show way long ago, and the reason I stopped is because I was trying to be funny through editing. I was editing myself, and I was, like, adding in quotes and funny swipes and hats on myself. You know, I was trying to be funny and do little side comments because that's what my ADHD brain wants to do is, like, put everything in parentheses, like funny comments and stuff. But it was so much work. It was It was a half-hour show taking me four hours to edit. So I stopped. So I have to let go of it being like a composed video show, which I have for this purpose. But if I'm going to use YouTube as my sole searchability, then I have to do all the things. Keywording, which I mean, technically Cast Magic already does, right? It has done it for us. It does, but you still have to do it like I'm not um, discounting the fact that now when I release it over to YouTube, I now have to go into YouTube. It published as an unlisted episode in the playlist. Mm. Then I have to go into YouTube, change the description to be optimized for YouTube. I add the keywords depending on the episode. And sometimes even Cast Cast Magic doesn't give you, I mean, it gives you keywords. Yes. But sometimes it's not the keywords for the episode. Like, you want to optimize it for they searchability, right? You know, for the search, not for of the episode, and so it does do that. And I, I get that that's a little of an extra thing. And like I said before, then you have to share that episode into your community in YouTube, meaning the little like you can share it, and it goes into their little like feed. That's like an Instagram feed, yeah, built into YouTube. You got to do that. You got to like shoot it out to your socials. You have to promote not only the YouTube episode, but also, hey, follow the show on Apple Podcast. Follow the show on Spotify. Like, you got to do all the things. Yeah. You know, I think TubeBuddy is is one of those things that will help you optimize all the things for Mm -hmm. your content. So TubeBuddy.com. I don't think we have an affiliate link, but. That's what we use at Libsyn. We use TubeBuddy. Mm-hmm. That's what the team really uses. Good. Like whenever Leslie and or Brian are creating titles and descriptions and all of that, they go through TubeBuddy and they get all the keywords. Like that's part of the output that we get for every video that we put out there. So it's not an easy like oh magic. YouTube right. will solve your all your. Pro-. It's it's a decided focus to be able to put it in there and like to do a really good job. And even then, though, like the most. Out of our podcast episodes for for Libsyn, I think like the most views that I've gotten that we've gotten there, I think it's been like seventy for a podcast. That's I not believe. bad, is it? And no, it's not bad, but it's not like what you are envisioned. You know what I mean? Like you always yeah. think like, oh, it's got to be like this be much, right? It's yeah, yeah. It's around fifty. I would say we get fifty in quote views. But again, I'm not using it as a, I want it to be another place to be seen and heard and to have folks listen to the podcast eventually. So as long as they're being exposed to our content, like in building audience, I think it's great. I think it's another possibility for us to share the podcast in there. So Mm. it, it takes a lot. But to continue to answer the question, did anybody answer the question that you asked about whether or not they care, other than Patrick. Patrick is the only one that answered that question. But yeah, Karen. And Karen, yeah. In terms of the way that you're naming it 
I'm concerned about the video expectations, like Patrick mentioned. I am concerned about that. I don't want to feel like, for, especially for newbies coming into the podcasting scene, to feel they have to do video. I don't want that. I want them to feel comfortable to start a show and have it be audio only. There's, That's it. Like You don't need to be on video. I want to make sure that that's a thing. And the other thing I'm concerned about is, is that lack of RSS focus of in YouTube and also the fact that it feels to me that they are, I'm not sure if they're in the process of working on providing an RSS feed or they're allowing people to like, the, to set that thing where, that you wanted, which is to suck in the RSS feed. Yeah, But I yeah. feel that the sucking in of the RSS feed is one way only, meaning yeah, that's true. They'll take it over. They'll take over the content and they'll build their own stuff without giving back. And they might capitalize the RSS feed as a free thing. So there's going to be a lot of people who might just start podcasting on YouTube and just be like, I have my shows on YouTube. That's it. I mean, and now that there's no iPod, like, what's the difference? There's no difference. Because the right. way people listen is less and less and less and less important. There's all these podcasts like apps or YouTube where everything else is that you've ever wanted to know, see or do. Yeah, because I listen. I actually do listen to a lot more on YouTube than I have in a long time. In, That's and interesting. So I'm, yeah, I'm very surprised by that as well, even though there is a sort of video component, but I'm not watching it. I'm just listening. Mm -hmm. And I do listen to a lot of podcasts on YouTube, weirdly now. I didn't before, mm -hmm. but that's because I can find that content there. And, but this is another yeah. bonus that I have found is that there's a lot of podcasts that I consume on YouTube. And now I know that there is an audio component and I have also subscribed to them on my that's podcast app. And I'm now keeping up with them there faster because I, I now know, like I, I'll make that leap. I will. Right subscribe to a show that I've fallen in love with or if I find a producer on YouTube that has a YouTube centric videos that they're making and oh my god they have a podcast too I'll go find yeah. them in the podcast app and so I will subscribe to their show on my app and I find that to be really helpful and I like that yeah. I like that a lot yeah so I mean that yeah. makes sense I just um I realized while you were talking that, like, for new listeners, it's a non-question. Yep. It's just That's where you find it, where is it easier to listen. And that also made me think of this show, um, Abraham Hicks. Someone has taken all of the recordings of Abraham Hicks and uploaded them to YouTube and added cartoons of Esther, a, you know, of Esther I Hicks. I know who that and is, whoever, go ahead and... Esther Hicks, Esther and... Um, Esther and Jerry Hicks are the ones that channel Abraham. You never heard of Abraham Hicks? No. Okay, anyway, you should watch it. But anyway, she talks a lot about, she basically channels like a being that, it's hard to explain without sounding crazy, but those of you who know Abraham. Anyway, so there's these, they, they go around like Tony Robbins and do these like seminars where people ask Abraham questions and they answer. And they put the recordings to those cartoons that I used to make for me and you, you know, like oh, yeah, that yeah. same the company. Ones that took forever and that you were see, hilarious. Yeah, and you just oh see them God. walking down a path talking and then next thing you know, they're like they're like meditating in the ocean. 
<laughs> it's really funny. I mean, because you because the watching is not important. It's right. the listening that's important. They could be doing anything. Correct. Anyway, it's just funny. But th- I think that's what I was getting to at the beginning there, Jess, which is like we are getting caught up like we together as professionals and and, you know, pont- I was going to say pontiffs, but that's not the word pundits. Um, are getting together and like really, no not plaintiffs no no I was um, getting together and like super thinking about this and like going like but it's not really an ours like a it's not really a podcast because of the ours rss feed but what does that mean for the and then this right. is the thing and for the audience it's like listen just tell me how to listen how do i consume right. it I don't like care. they don't give nobody a shit cares. it's nobody right. cares and if i say like oh it's my show they're not gonna go wait is it a show wait hold on is it a youtube or is it a podcast no and they give zero they, they give zero right oh, they don't care right they just want to listen or watch whatever they, they want to sh- consume it yeah, they shouldn't yeah. care. They don't care. That is how it shall be. That's how it's supposed yeah. to be. And also, it's like, for me, what I've been figuring out as I've been thinking about the whole YouTube thing and going back and forth is that the thing that wins out in every situation is the content. Because what I want is for you to have this information. I don't give a shit if you follow my show on Apple Podcast, if you're watching it or downloading it on Spotify, or if you're like on YouTube right now watching it or watching our live stream, I want mm-hmm. you to know this. And I don't care how you know it. And if you only have five minutes and you don't have time to consume a 60-minute episode, I'm super cool that you click through the YouTube and go, oh, and look at our timestamps and go, ah, this one right here. I want to go and listen to them talk about this issue. And then that's it. Like, I don't care if you listen to the whole show. I don't care. As long as you get this information. That's for me. I don't know about you. Well, you actually did bring something up that we haven't discussed about this. And that is, how does the IAB count this towards downloads? They don't. How can you have... But if that's where most people listen to your show, it needs to be something. Correct. Now, here's a solution. And again, so, uh, full disclosure, people, in case this is one of your very first times listening to this. Listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. To She Podcast. I am the director of community and content for Lipson. So obviously, I'm disclosing that for you to know where I'm coming from from this. But I'm sure that other podcast hosts maybe have some of this set up. So within Lipson, if you connect your YouTube to like, excuse me, yeah, your Lipson account to your YouTube and you do the thing that I've been doing, which is cross-posting. As soon as we do an audio episode, it's an audio episode, people, upload it into you into Lipson. As soon as it goes out, we it creates an audiogram, a static image, right, with a video that goes out into YouTube. Now YouTube now communicates back with Lipson. So because there's a there's a connection there. So we are getting back the stats from anybody who is listening or consuming on YouTube. And those stats are IAB stats. So if you are using Libsyn, and right. you, but you have to publish from Libsyn to YouTube. If you start on YouTube, you don't get that back onto Libsyn. So it has to start in Libsyn in order for that communication to be there. But there is a little area where you can see how long everybody listened and when everything counts. And it is filtered for RAB stats. So 
in that respect, Jess, that's what's happening there for that. It is not taking into consideration, though, if you happen to have other YouTube videos or if you are not using a connection and you have separate places, right? You have, like, your YouTube, and then you put it on the audio on, on Libsyn, then that doesn't work. So gotcha. that's a solution. It is strange, though. And it's fragmented and... And hairy, kind of. And hairy. And it would be, I don't know what you would give, like, a possible person who is, you give them your downloads per episode per month, and then you say, and then we get X amount of views on YouTube on average. Like, how do you, do you export that data from YouTube? Do you, like, Mm -hmm. do they want to see playthrough rate? Do they want to see minutes consumed? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who knows? But it certainly does give you a strange predicament if you're on Megaphone or if you're trying to sell advertising through AdvertiseCast. Right. Like, how are you supposed to rectify that? Well, yeah. And AdvertiseCast, since it's a Lipson-owned company as well, then that you can. If you are, if you're hosted, again, if you're hosted on Lipson and working with AdvertiseCast, you do get that. But I understand what you're saying um, that I don't know if it's open to negotiation if you are selling. I also know that AdvertiseCast obviously represents the Vile files, and the Vile files has a very robust YouTube audience. And I believe that, I'm not sure how they do the data, but I do believe that they sell, I, I'm, a, I'm almost positive here, but I, I cannot mm-hmm. be, you know, 100% sure. But I do believe that they sell podcast advertising and YouTube placements mm-hmm. also. Interesting. I just don't know how they count it, but I do know that that's part of the thing. And I have watched, I've gotten into mm. the Vile Files. I have watched complete shows of Nick Vile and he does do like serious spots where it's like he stops and it's like, okay, and now we're going to talk about blah, blah. And there's like a big you know, but AdvertiseCast works on dynamic ad insertion. That's another thing I'd like to know how you do on YouTube with a YouTube show. And I don't think that you do a dynamic ad there. You do like the YouTube show has in it's in the video. A it's a video ad. Like you could see it. I think in post, it's probably added in post. Yeah, but see, even that is it's not measurable to as an advertiser that's bought only dynamic. So, right. I don't know how they sell the entire contract. Like I don't know if there's stipulations of like, you know, do you want just this or do you want platform and do you and this is how we measure that? I don't know. But yeah, no, but Nick Vile has a t- I mean, it's worth it. Like if you're getting 50 views, yeah. I'm not sure, sure. that's worth selling. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't right. want to buy that. I'd be like, "Oh, right. I don't know about that." Let me see. I just want to see, like, what he's doing over on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, he gets, like, you know, the, he published an episode three hours ago. He has 1.2 thousand views on his podcast. So Whoa. It's not a That's small, awesome. like, Nick Vile is huge on YouTube. And on, on the podcast stuff, he's got 557 episodes. And most of them are very long right so they're like at, sometimes longer definitely always longer than an hour sometimes longer than two hours long and he had a, a couple of, of them that are 
over 800 views. So wow, it's not a small. <laughs> it's not a no. small audience. <laughs> no, it's not. I would still um, love to know how they're doing it. Anyway. Oh my God! Look at this. I'm not gonna, Patrick. I'm not. I'm not fiving with the, with the profanity today. <laughs> Who's not? Me. I'm not. Like, look at what he asked of me. You see it on the screen. I need a big and loud fuck before you (laughs) leave today. I don't know. Can we muster it up? It is hot here. It's hot where she is is and it's hot where I am. It is hot. And we're like finishing up here. No, I actually can't muster it up. I got to be in it, man. I got to be in it for that. I don't know if you watch, Patrick, what we do in the shadows, but one of my favorite characters on that show is an energy vampire. Because he just starts talking about whatever boring thing he can think of. Tax time, you know, musical theater, whatever. And everyone else just kind of like, that's how he feeds on you. Instead of sucking your blood, he sucks your energy. And I I feel like we've been fed on before we even got on the call. Like we were just like. Oh, yeah. We had we had weird vibes today. I'm so I think it's like my I've been so anxious. No, I think it's the anxiety, dude. (sighs) Because I've been so anxious oh, for so is, long that right so now I'm, I'm low key not wanting to get excited because it, because I can't discern between enthusiastic oh. excitement and oh anxiety. No. So I'm trying to That's like a sad be like, story. Kind of sad, yeah. So it I'm like is. trying to keep even keel because oh. I it feels like I don't know how to handle the inner. Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm sorry. That sucks. All right. I know. By the way, though, I have been taking more CBD. Again, just CBD only. No THC, just Mm -hmm. straight up CBD. And it actually has been helpful. Um, It's very, very subtle. It's just enough. It's sort of like it makes your edges get a little bit more rounded, right? And it, but it's very simple. So if you're, if you're really, anxious mm-hmm. it's probably not gonna do much right if you're like Ngh! but and bef- if you catch it before it escalates yeah it this just is preventative grunting yes work. exactly it kind of makes just little like a little yeah softness on the edges and yeah, that's enough that's a and really I think, good way to know, describe it it's just rounding out those rough surfaces a little yeah filing them down just totally a bit. but it, but again yeah, before nice. It escalates. It doesn't quite work. It's not a, yeah, it's not like a, I don't even know. I've never really taken any other mood type of drugs, but I I assume it's not like a volume where it's like, you're already like freaking out and you take a volume and it chills you out. Like it's not that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, if you're, if you know you're going to be escalating in some way or, or you need to remain grounded or something, it's a really wonderful tool to just round your edges off a little bit and then. Yeah. And you're still super clear. You're still on it. Like, there's no, like, again, no THC, no, like, psychoactive things happening. Um, just just enough. Yeah, the psychoactive stuff, honestly, in my experience, like, when I'm not using it recreationally, which is really never. I'm actually always <laughs> using it. I don't, I don't use it to, like, calm my anxiety. But, like, I don't mind the THC because it, it also makes me feel less social anxiety, it's just mm. a little, like, you know, 20 milligrams, not like, again, not like 
ingesting socially, but just like the ones, the gummies that are meant for anxiety release and relaxation that do have THC, like it's even a more enhanced, it's a more enhanced feeling, but you still don't feel high. You're just kind of like, it's so good to see you. And you really mean it. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, like you're like you feel instead like, of like I go I away. I don't want to talk. Go away. Instead, yeah, yeah. you're like really happy to see the person. You're happy to be there. It just like takes it takes the edge off all the way from like the introversion even, and just makes yeah. you feel relaxed and not intruded upon, which I enjoy. You know what? That Maybe I'll good. try it. In a, I haven't actually tested it in a big space like that in a long time. I think uh, maybe I'll. I mean, in Colorado, it's very legal, so maybe I'll. Yeah, but also remember, I think that. in Colorado, like the the challenge with what I feel in terms of Colorado is the fact that you're already you don't have that much oxygen going down. True, and that's thus, why I'm thinking gummies are good. Yeah, I'm just like, well, it's not. It's well, of course, gummies, but but even then, because of the lightheaded, like lack of oxygen business, like I don't know what that layer would add oh, because that's I remember. A good point. There's been times when I have been there, like so high up, like way higher than Denver, where you do become super high. That's why you're called. That's why it's called being high because you're high. Yeah. Like you don't have like, like high. No, high. It's like you become super loopy. Like I've been in that place where I it's mean, like that's being high. I'm not talking about being fully high. I'm just talking about being taking a gummy to like relax. No, but what I'm telling you, Jess, is that you have that layered already because of the oxygen. Oh, because of altitude. Okay. okay. Right. And so you're already in this sense of like loopiness just from the lack of oxygen and being a mile high, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. when you're not used to it. Add a gummy to the mix. It might just be extra, which is one of the reasons like in terms of drinking like alcohol affects you twice oh, as hard, true. especially for We're women in, in the air. these situations. I in can tell you that from experience because I lived there for four years or three years. You're and right. So it I does. Don't drink on it airplanes hits you harder. So yeah, I don't drink on I'm the airplane because just... of that because it makes me smash drunk. And I'd like to be able to find my suitcase without stumbling into people. So I don't really drink on an airplane anymore because cause it makes me very drunk because you're so high up. That's true. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so that like that's why I'm a little like interesting. Eh, I don't know about that. Should be a very interesting trip. I'm really excited. Well, um, it has been lovely discussing YouTube and marijuana with you uh, today. Um, thank you so much for being here, especially yes. live with us to talk thank to us in so person. Much, but Cheryl, um, Patrick, also if you're Karen, yeah, oh, if you're listening later today. If you're listening later, that's okay, too. We just love having you. Thank you so, so much. Um, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest at She Podcast. You can also go to ShePodcast.com for all of our show notes, links, etc. And YouTube, actually, which we just recorded live. So you should be able to see this episode right away um, on YouTube uh, anytime. So anyway, thank you guys so much. Love you. Mean it. Bye. 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 Bye